Okay, so I'm gonna get to some, some like fancy new question. What the hell did I do? Some people on my Instagram submitted some questions, acting like they're fans. They don't like me. Um, <laughs> and I just want to make sure we get a couple of them answered. Um, racism abroad. Being black abroad. Okay. Tap into that real quick. I'm going to make this very quick for me. I had this conversation off camera before we started. I, Like I said, I think it's a little naive for you to go in to not kind of realize that there's not going to be that many people that look like it's unrealistic to think your life is going to be the same as it is for me you know so there's going to be racism i think ignorance is very bliss and i think you should just enjoy yourself regardless and so in the uk they got um uh they got a mix like where there's a good amount of like immigrants and stuff like that who are a part of it but um uh, Brighton is known as one of the whitest parts of that. Um, and so we did have a couple like racial incidents, but it wasn't like, um, like to, racial incidents, <laughs> but it wasn't like too dramatic. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, they're like kicking us out of this place because we're black, okay. Um, or like, like security, like, literally surrounded two girls, and we were like, you are six men in like. Stab armor, you know, they ain't got a gun, so <laughs> vest. Um, and I'm like, we are literally just two girls trying to talk to our friends. Um, but they like, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's like worse than America, I would not, but like at the same time, my experience when I was like thinking about my experience there, I interacted with more white people there than I do here. Like, the majority of my friends at the University of Miami are black, like, I got white friends. We, 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 and it's not a lie, I know white people. <laughs> I know white people, sure. So like, and, I, and I talk sure. to them occasionally, but they're not like the people I talk to day, day in and day out. Um, and that's who it was when I was in the UK. And so that was a really interesting experience. And like, uh, seeing, because there was definitely that barrier. I hadn't interacted with so many white people since high school. High school. And we go to a PW walk. So that says something. Um, Can I but, yeah. really follow up on that? Yeah. Racism is so contingent on just like where you are. like outside the context of Jim Crow, it wasn't racism as much as it was just like like ignorance. aggressive ignorance yeah. and like a curiosity that was just sometimes like okay. fe fetishizing a little bit. Yeah. Like I mean, I told I probably said this. This is the first story I tell people. The number of times I got mistaken for Frank Ocean and Club, and we do not look alike. Like we don't <laughs> look alike. Frank Ocean. <laughs> Frank Ocean. Not not no what. I'm Frank Sweetie. Okay. Frank Sweetie. I'm so sorry, Frank. Uh, but yeah, free shots. No, definitely got free shots. A tornado flew around my Whatever you want, because I'm gonna get the free shot. Yeah, I feel like that's what the racism. It was like. Yeah. It was just like touching hair. Oh my God! Sorry, just that might be just went crazy. No. Let's talk about that. I had. Um, I had this 17-year-old little white girl in Berlin. I'm taking her photo of her and her friends for her birthday. She's having like a little cute, like little, um, like uh, fruit. What's it, what's it called? Fruit water. The charcuterie. Charcuterie. She doing layout. She got coochie layout. She got the coochie layout. And she's like, we're talking with her. She said, can I touch your hair? Just randomly, just like inserted out of the conversation. And I was like, wow, we were having in the middle of conversation.
conversation, you just like you just switch from me being human to me being a dog. Just like that quickly, I became an animal for you to just touch. Grease was animal. definitely the most racist. Grease. Yeah. I loved Grease. I like yeah, Grease. No, I like no no Athens. Oh, okay. uh, like, I loved Athens. No, I, I liked Athens so a lot, old. but like there were just so there were little situations where I was like, you guys don't see black people on a daily basis, and it's so obvious. So when I went to Athens. I was staying with my mom's childhood best friend. And so like that was a whole other different experience. So I was like kind of in the city a little bit more. And her daughter, she like rap music obviously just kinda like goes across the globe, whatever. And I remember we were sitting at dinner with her mom and we were just kinda like we were talking just, you know, lighthearted, whatever. And she goes, Can I ask you a question? No hate to her. I really like this girl. She's really <laughs> sweet. Like, yeah, but it was just the way that like the audacity of asking me this question, and she's like, "Can I say the N word?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> like you like really can't say that." And there was just like multiple situations of younger people who like only listen to like heavy rap music and like had those influences where like even the white rappers were still saying the N word in the music, and like that was just fine. But of course, they thought like that was okay. So seeing this black person like. Ooh, let me ask you, like, there was just other, like, just situations where I was like, you want to touch my hair? Like, don't put your hand that, in my hair. That um, superiority complex is universal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no matter where you go, the racism might be a different brand, but it's like white people still think they're at a different hierarchy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's still the power level is still there. I can still touch your hair. I would never go up to a white person and ask to touch yeah, their hair. Like, I would never ask if I could say like an ableist slur or something like that, and I don't want to. Can I call you this? Like, right, or can I call you this? Like, I wouldn't do that. So, right. Uh, let's move off of racism. Uh, someone wants to know about you, like, costs. Like, did you have help? Just a, a little fancy. Like, did you have help with your costs for study abroad? Yes. I was fully funded <laughs> and flewed out. Thanks to uh, I got a you got flown out. And I got a stipend. So <laughs> so the way it worked for me, I got um, I got a refund from the school because cost of study abroad. I think it depends on where you go. Might be cheaper than actual UM. Yeah. So it depends on what program you do. Sometimes it's cheaper than UM. So I got a refund from that. And then I also applied for a scholarship, and I got a scholarship from UM. And that's the money I used for like all my city abroad. I didn't use any personal mm-hmm. money. I also, I also got a stipend and a scholarship, and it was overall cheaper than staying uh, in Miami. Yeah. So I also got uh, so at the University of Miami, I already have full tuition scholarship, and I have right future that stuff. So that stuff all just covered over to study abroad. I also got the stipend. Um, and I also got, um, like I mentioned earlier, that $5,000 scholarship from America, um, to the United States. Um, and so while it didn't, that $5,000 didn't like hit when I was abroad, um, I was able to use it when I went to Paris. So I was able to basically cover and I did my study abroad for about five and a half months on top of going to Prague and going to uh, Brussels and Paris, and that was all covered. Didn't touch any of my money. Y'all must have said something special in that application because you have denied my stipend request. Uh, I also got denied. And I remember like being actually like, really upset about that. I like 
passes. Rightfully so. Right. Like I, you know, like, I mean, it was cheaper than UM. I mean, so I ended up getting that refund. That refund saved my life. I did have to tap into prison for four months. I'm hearing that a lot of y'all did it, which is a blessing. Like, that's. I did. I had a job though, so yeah. I. While you were abroad. Yeah. They let you work. So. It kind of just, under the table. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I kind of like got a little lucky because I don't really check my email that much. But right when I first got to Paris, I got an email from an old professor saying that he was working on this project and he needed illustrators for it, but it was a remote job. So I was working through UM the entire time that I was abroad. So that was how I was able to. Oh, they wouldn't let us have a job while I was abroad. They refused to let us work. It was like very yeah. bad no We could have, if I wanted a job in Paris, like, I was allowed to have that. Really? Yeah. Because really? yeah. oh. in our visa. I didn't have like, a visa. Yeah, we didn't have a I, I might have overstayed my mom. I definitely overstayed my mom. Because I didn't have a visa. Yeah, I over, sorry to the Spain government, <laughs> but I did not want to leave. And y'all didn't kick me out, so... Thank you. <laughs> did you take the chance to start over and edit your avatar? Or did you remain relatively yes. the same aesthetically and personality-wise like before you went abroad and after you went abroad or something? Mine was just so like earthy experience. So like I wasn't like I wasn't throwing all my nice fits. Like I didn't have any of my sneaker collection. That was hard, but I did it. And I enjoyed it. And then I came back and I forgot how to dress myself. <laughs> I'm getting back. It was just me and my big t-shirts and Nike shorts. And it was just like, at some point, I was like, I just want to get cute. But, but it was a good, like, it was a good experience. That's something I talked about with Shane, is that, like, from studying abroad, something I personally felt is that, to an extent, Miami people are fake. I feel like I got to dress every day. Even though, like, we had a PWI, so you don't, like, actually have to dress. But, like... <laughs> But like I still feel like it's like people are looking. Like yeah. for instance, people are definitely judging. people are looking yeah. and seeing, and they're gonna say something about what you're wearing over there. My mom said I could bring one luggage, one carry on. So I was wearing twelve shirts and a you couple knew. jeans, and so I knew I was gonna have to repeat outfits, and nobody was gonna be allowed to say nothing. But the thing is, nobody over there cared. So like it wasn't people gonna be like, Nah, I, tried, I saw that shirt last week. No, nobody was caring about nothing like that. America um, has outfit watchers. Like, like that is because honestly, I want to think over there. Like people would wear the same shirt every like, like one of my good friends that was like Czech. Shout out Patrick. He had this black shirt that he would wear like every day. Like it, I'm sure he had just like seven different types of the same black T-shirt. They had so much. To live but they for. look very good. Yeah. Oh, they, uh, your country. Should we talk oh, about that? I found it really nice to be like around to beautiful things all the time. The way my avatar changed, like, I wanted to put on something nice. Like, I wanted to, like, try and create a new outfit or, like, wear something else differently or, like, go thrift and, like, use this in some other way because that's just what I was around. And that's what I came there for. That's what I think separates, like, Paris and, like, Barcelona from a lot of other places, though. Like, like you said, the t-shirt. Not like it was dressed up. Like, we weren't. It was dressed up to a certain extent. We weren't allowed to wear sweatpants in public. Yeah, us. you can't wear sweatpants. That was like a godforsaken rule. Absolutely. Not wear sweatpants in public. Also, or holes. Like, when I went or to the holes or ripped jeans. everybody was staring at me because I had ripped in my jeans. Yeah. But I had leggings on under the rips. So, you wasn't seeing no skin. I was like, what's Okay, let's talk about We can do that real quick. How many of us, why did you want to come home? Yeah, you know, it was just a lack of AC, lack of, like, really cold water, hot showers. Hot showers. 
see with the fan on every day, like windows. I was I was I was just like so did go. Yeah. So and the Wi Fi like was so bad. Which I mean it was good to like disconnect. But like I just wouldn't watch TikTok sometimes and that was a struggle. <laughs> Same with Netflix, like I just I wanted to watch Bridgerton so bad when I got back. I had to watch Euphoria, like just little things and it was, but after like being home for two weeks, like three weeks, I was like I didn't get out of here. Like right. I, I was only gone for three months, and I came back, and everyone was. I came back beginning of April, so everyone's still Same. in school. Like none of my friends were home, so I was just like being a bum at home. Like, I didn't do anything, and I was just like, okay, I'm bored. Time to go back. But I was ready. I was, I was happy. Same, same exactly. Let's talk about just people like that you met there too. Um, that still maybe you're still talking to. I personally not talking to anyone. Really? I, I'm very like that was that moment. It was a perfect moment. And that's where it ends. My program was, um, we had a, from a lot of different schools, so I met a lot of people from California. Shout out Dela, I love you. Um, Bestie. Bestie. Yeah. You became my good friend. And then there were people in my program that I was just like, Can you go dance with me? Yes. I thought you guys were or romantic. Yeah. yeah.
overall, I feel like people outside of America are just a lot more intentional with their friendships. Like, especially where I was in Prague, like, those people, like, Grace, I guess, could experience it from, like, an outside. You not knowing any Czech, like, those people were standoffish to you. Yeah. Right. But, like, for someone, like, once you get to know the Czech language, you get to kind of know them better, and you, like, actively step outside of that, like, American egoism that exists that we don't think we need to learn other languages, we can just, like, speak English everywhere and everyone's supposed to respond to us. Like, once you get rid of that shit, like, once I got to know, like, actual Czech locals, they were funny, like... Like that guy in the tea shop? Yeah, so, like, so there was this um, restaurant called Bow District, and the owner is so sweet, and I go there every day, um, and I started bringing my friends there, and at that point, he would start giving me meals for free, he would start doing, like, my Czech lessons with me, because I was taking, like, Czech language the whole time, so he would help me with them. Eventually, like, he took me out to lunch, um, and then we had a day or two where we just, like, smoked, and, like, we bought a bottle of wine, we just talked, and, like, I was so invested in hearing what he had to say about his life. Um, I'd be, like, I guess in America we have a habit of, you know, asking, how are you, as we walk past one yeah. another, and no intention of actually hearing how someone's doing. There, it was very much, like, those Czech people aren't going to approach you if they don't know you, and if they know you, like, they're going to sit down and talk to you, like, how's your, like, how are you? We're gonna have a long conversation. We're gonna talk about life and like we're gonna actually care about one another's feelings. And, like I don't know. I, I really appreciate just like the platonic friendships. I I formed there with the Czech locals because I never thought I would have like Czech speaking friends. Um, I would go on these film shoots too with like a bunch of like film kids, and they'd be from all over the world. They'd just be like great energy. Like something about just being outside of none of these people would be Americans too. And not to say I came back like anti-American because I was ready to come. Right, but like something about just like Americans thinking that we, or people from the United States, sorry, thinking that we're just the center of the universe, like, and not opening ourselves up to like even hearing about other people's experiences. So I just, overall, I just thought people just much more receptive to like want to start friendships, like you said, and like want to open up romantically. Um, platonically, um, for me, it was kind of hard to make friends because. The program I was in, I wasn't at a university, so like it was all like mostly UM kids, like in all the same classes, like back to back. So for me, it was kind of hard to make like any actual friends, like from Barcelona. So I don't really have any like friends like, in Barcelona, just because like I don't really inter like I would interact with locals, but it would only be like if I was like doing something. So I was just hanging out with like people from the program or like people on the program from different schools from the U.S. So, like, for me, it was a little hard to make, like, any actual, like, friends that weren't from the U.S. romantically. That wasn't hard. Um, what can I say? I think, I think there, there's, a, there's a fine, a thin line between being appreciated as a black woman in Europe and being
that he wanted me to go out on a date with him that same day. That so, first Tinder so, match. First Tinder match. First date ask. I was like, I literally, I was like, I literally just got here today. He's like, Oh, I'm going to Dubai tomorrow for like oh. a week, and then he went to Dubai for a week, and the after he came back, I went into quarantine, <laughs> where I was spending time with someone else. Um, who did not care about contacting COVID. <laughs> to say the least. Um, <laughs> and then, then I got out of quarantine and we asked me about on a first date. I don't think we can move past that. Sorry, I really just won't. This man risked his life for me. Like, what can I say? <laughs> Some things are worse. Watching. The vid. Deadly disease. <laughs> did, did he? Deadly I don't. I don't think he got tested. I don't know. He was also. I found out later he was potentially a Russian spy. But we're not. I don't think we have enough time to elaborate. But my phone, while I was on Google Trip, did y'all hear this? <laughs> a Russian spy. The only reason I found that out is because the day after I ended the. Right. <laughs> you know what? Make the stop. FBI yeah, watching this like I mean, that's why I said I'm not gonna go into details. The only reason I felt like he was was because the day after I ended things with him because of some opinions he had on some things that were a little terrifying. Um, I was on Google Maps coming back from the hospital to get like after I got a COVID test with Ligna, my roommate, and study abroad, and my Google Maps fully turned into Russian. Um, so that was very terrifying. Like, I, I so don't... you use your phone? I was on my phone and my Google Maps turned into... But have you used your phone before or something? No, he had never touched my phone. <laughs> so he's probably listening. Hello. Um, <laughs> that, that's a whole different story. But long-term, um, friends. We ended up going on a date after I got out of quarantine. It was so cute. We went to this, like, little, like tapas place and like he ordered all my food for me and like kept my wine glass refilled which I love and then he went to this like lucky bar after and then he walked me home gave me a little hug which is a little odd but um we kept going out and just having like fun just like out like show me around the city and you know we've just remained very good friends since we talk every single day still um are y'all, are y'all official or anything no, I don't think it's ever that serious, you know. <laughs> Just because he's um he's in a very he's a very he's in a very different stage of his life. Like he's already he's How in old a, is he? Let's not get into that, but um he's not un, he's not crazy old. Older men no older men in your Yeah, he's not old, he's under thirty. Oh, girl, you're not even Yeah, yeah, he's, he's under thirty. It's not it's not scary, it's not right? It's, it's not sus. You know something going kinda low. It's not sus. Um, he's just he's a software engineer. I think that's the only type of people I've ever dated. I've only ever dated software engineers. Oh, I've only dated with that. Yeah, sorry. That's just that's what I'm into. I made really great platonic friends. Um, platonic, heavy on the platonic. Don't <laughs> But like when after like in recapping and thinking about it, I was like, whatever God made these people from is the same thing He made. From like I, I didn't realize until I was there how much I was seeking people like that and so shout out to St. Peter's Church Brighton and Emmanuel Church y'all my people um but like y'all were literally amazing and I didn't mention it before but I literally plan to go back after graduation to do an internship out there because it was literally like that is my people 
But it was, it's interesting too, because I remember you told me you had a hard time adjusting at first. Like, yeah, yeah, I definitely were, did. Yeah. The first two months, homesick, depression. Like, I was just sitting yeah. in that room in the UK. I'm from Florida, so I didn't know what seasonal depression was. You wake up, the sky gray. You wake up, the rain all day. Like, Miami rain five minutes. That rain was all day. A mist hitting your face. Um, but I was just like, dang. Like, it was very sad. It's like, and my breaking point was the fact that I couldn't find a black hairbrush. Like, it was only white hairbrushes, and there was one black hair store in the whole city. And so that was definitely my breaking point. Did y'all bring your hair products? Um, I, I didn't because usually when I get braids, I get really small braids, so I had braids the whole time. I did find someone to braid my, because there's a lot of African immigrants, mm-hmm. so I found someone who did really nice braids for me. I didn't have a hard time finding hair products, like any sort of black hair product. I, I was like a 15-minute walk for me. I made, Af- I made Nigerian food all the time. There's an African grocery store. Like, I I I wasn't really, I didn't feel disconnected, so I I'm grateful for that. Hair stores everywhere, black people everywhere. So to your, oh, let's, to your blackness, did you feel disconnected? No, not really. I felt disconnected. There's just oh, no, yeah, no, like, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, barely any black people around, like, no hair stores. Like, I brought all my products with me because I, I do my own hair, so, like, I had to bring, like, everything with me because I went to Paris to go look for a hair store. Like, wow. <laughs> like wow. that's what I was doing when I went to go visit them, like, in Paris and Spain. I was like, I need to find a hair store. Like, that was a hair store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was the only, like, black person in, our, in my group, so, like, for our program, like, we were together every day, like, we had the same classes every day, and, like, I loved them, but I was just, like, I can't, like, talk about certain things with them, mm-hmm. and that was, like, where I felt disconnected, but also, I'm half Latina, right, so it was really right. nice to, like, be in that culture and, like, practice, I didn't grow up speaking Spanish at all, so that was, it was really nice to be, like, in that culture with the music. And learning Spanish, so like it was like it kind of made up for that. Like, right. and I really liked enjoying like learning more about that. So it was it was okay. It was fun. I, I would also say I was I felt initially like very disconnected from my blackness. I remember you all. I was sitting at this one party. I mean, this is funny too because my white friends the day after were kind of like, "What was up? You were drunk at that party last night, Jules." Like you were. I was like, "Uh huh." But really, I had just disassociated to a point where like <laughs> it was like I literally couldn't talk to people. So like I'm in this room. It's someone's birthday. It's one of my good friends' birthday, and it's a room of like literally thirty to forty white people, and I'm the only black person in this room. And like, I, this is these my friends in college. Like, I don't hang around. I really don't hang around white people in college. Not like it's just how how, how it happened. It's so almost in that moment. Like, and granted, I am like, but I was just like looking out that sea of people, like. I have like nothing to relate to you guys. Like I was just disassociating. Like in that moment, I literally just like was outside of my body. Have you guys ever felt like that before? Like, yeah. You're observing yourself, like, it's like this isn't even real. This isn't like, even I'm not real. even here right now. Right. It felt fake. Like no way. There's this many white people in like one space, and there's like not. A... So right. But yes. I think I, I had an opportunity to like, counter those moments by joining this group called Melanin Kids in Czech. It's called Melanin Kids. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I should have like paused after that. Melanie kids, Czechoslovakia. Um, so we bring around like basically like people all over like the African diaspora like together because it wasn't really African Americans at all. I was probably the only American person from the United States there because um, there was tons of like I'd say Caribbeans there or like even people just like who had been raised from like uh, who had been born in the Czech Republic but to like African parents. So it was yeah. just like. It was an interesting mix of people, but that kept me pretty grounded, just being in that group chat. And, like, when we'd hear, like, 
finding like everyone would know about it. Um, so yeah, finding finding those spots. But let's move on to where you traveled um, while you studied abroad. Just a list if you quit. Um, I Toby had to pull out the phone. Because I, uh, I don't remember. I went to Porto, Milano, Valencia, Tarragona, Morocco, oh. Lisboa, Madrid, oh. uh, Crete, and she's saying and like London. Yes. How many? How many? I don't know. Like I would say, let's say eight. That's like what it ate to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I took a bus to Sao Paulo and I flew to Sao Paulo. But you had a good time. Yes. Yeah. Had a great time. Brazil is like it's hard. as big as the yeah. United States. Right. So you can't just like, be. You're flying into South America. I found that was not cool. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's so expensive. Really? I just wanted to go to Machu Picchu. You can't go nowhere unless you have the money. money. It's expensive. Or you want to take unless like you're in the same country. 50-hour bus ride. Wow. So you say three bucks to go out. Yeah, there's three major islands, and we had we did spring break, so we like island hop. That's where we like got the most experience on the islands. We had a bunch of trips to like islands that don't have people. Can I ask a dumb question? Like, did you really get to know Ecuador like at all? Okay, okay. Stayed in Quito like the first night and like the very last night to fly. Okay. So, okay. Athens, um, and then 
Okay, last question. How does study abroad change your life? I'd like to hear from all of you guys, if that's okay. I know we're talking. That is going to be a long answer. Briefly, briefly, thank you. I think it made me a more accepting person and it made me a more understanding person just because I think my parents have accents because they, you know, immigrated from Nigeria, so in the US they have accents and some people can be very harsh to people with accents. But it's like us going to those different countries, like they understand what we're saying and it's like they don't really like I mean they don't really care and they're just more accepting and willing to understand other people so it kind of made me want to be more accepting and just more understanding of like other people and just give people a chance to not be like prejudge anyone or prejudge any like situations. I feel like I appreciate the United States a lot more. Like to be honest, like I was very anti United States. And I guess like maybe I just needed some space from it, I guess. But like yeah I needed a break with the U.S., but then, like, it was beautiful. Like, my experience was beautiful. I wouldn't change it for anything, but we, I just feel like here is, it's very, it's very comfortable, and, like, I feel very privileged, and, like, I just feel very blessed to, like, be in the situation that I'm in, Um, and I guess it just, like, opened my perspective to, like, struggles that people might be going through, or, like, just things that are going on around the world, like it just makes you so much more aware of your, I guess your like global community in a sense. Um, but also I just gained a better appreciation for myself, like gained more confidence. Um, I completely have a new perspective on how I view like my relationships with people and like how, again, like, like you said, like how accepting I am um, and understanding I am situations for me I feel like I just took so many things out of my comfort zone that like I just never thought like looking back it's just like wow like you really did that like in regards to like the language barrier and staying around those families and just like even like scuba diving like I was diving with the sharks like I was trying to play it so cool all the time but I was always really nervous and it's just like I can like check those things off like I did it like that was like some of the hardest things like not face, but like, it's just yeah, like, yeah. that was pretty hard and I did it. And, and then just being so immersed in the culture was like really nice. Just like, it makes you appreciate like how I grew up here, obviously. Like, but like, that's like, it's like a developing country, but they're still like so appreciative of everything they have. And like, they like where they're at in life. They like, they like to live there. Everyone likes it there. And they just live life so differently. And it's just interesting to see like, like how the kids grow up there and just like how life is like. It's just so much leisure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Days, yeah. Like, they so take their time. Yeah. It's okay if you're late. I literally did not submit my midterm like for classes and the professor was like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> where were you? Like where did you go on vacation? Like they don't care. One thing that was interesting about Prague too was like they did not have drive throughs. Mm-hmm. And like I cannot think of an American experience without a drive through, but the idea was to go, like I said, go in and sit at that sit restaurant down, yeah. and enjoy your lunch. Like Lunch too. Lunch. We don't have lunch here. Like, if you think about it, like you have thirty minutes for lunch, and you're like, sometimes you cut it to twenty, so you get back to work. Mm-hmm. They would never, like, you never cut your lunch here. Like, you sit and you like meet with friends and like you eat, you drink, you smoke, you smoke. 
I was so fresh, like they like you have to wait for them to cook it. Like it's not, yeah, it's not like it's not McDonald's. So like, you know, we were, I was eating pretty like it's healthy, like very healthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they need their seasoning, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So interesting comments. Interesting things they eat sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I did try everything I ate, or everything I was good. I was trying. So that's good too. Yeah. Yeah, just, it just really opened my perspective um, to different cultures and different people. Um, and especially, I, for me, I love food. So, like, I do have to say, like, the food was so good. Like, so fresh, like what you guys were saying. Like, one time I went to the store, I got eggs, and I found a feather in my egg. And I was like, oh, my God, this is fresh. You should have tossed that one out. <laughs> it was really fresh, and that's how I knew. Right, feather. <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 you're not Presbyterian anymore. But it was. Dietary restrictions flew out the window when you're trying to survive. Lactose intolerance? Oh my god. Yeah? Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I, I think my entire like framework of, of what it is that I value and what it is that I personally want out of my life shifted. I, I don't, even little things like I need to be in a place where I can have reliable public transportation. Yes. I don't really want to yes. drive. I really mm. like driving. I find it like an enjoyable activity. But <laughs> I would really prefer to someone to do it for me, and I can do nothing on a healthy environment on the bus. You know, but like just little things like that. Where now I see that that's a choice, that's an option. I can like I have it in my power to change my life more comfortable and tailored to me. Even even my hair, like my hair didn't really start locking until I went abroad. And like that was its own kind of like transformation and journey within itself that definitely added to to the That logic, like yeah. You love the logic. Yeah. I feel like like it's also like symbolic of so much more than just hair. Like yeah, I feel like that Um, I had a couple bullet points. <laughs> 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 um, but some of the ways that study brought change for me was that, like, I literally went into it with so much social anxiety and, like, I was aware of it, but it wasn't until I was in those spaces that I really recognized it. One of the things I thought about going in was I was like, oh, it's basically like a restart of freshman year. And, like, freshman year, I, like, made a whole bunch of friends and stuff like that, but I'm not the same person I was freshman year. Uh-oh. So I definitely, like, it was learning how to make friends in different ways. So like, for instance, I don't really uh, like go out to party or drink or things like that. However, like I still needed to make friends. So I needed to still find a way to like meet with people at a time where people were like sociable and willing to meet. And so I got the opportunity to meet people in church. And I kind of also got to shake off that social anxiety because I had to meet new people. Like I was consistently having to talk to people and continue friendships that like I wouldn't, that I didn't have to do I also got to build a confidence in myself and walking around cities and towns by myself in a city where, like, no, I didn't know anyone. Like, I went on Prague solo trip. Like, I knew Julian there, but, like, Jules there. But, like, that was, <laughs> that was, like, the only person I knew. And then I went on a Brussels solo trip. It was me in the hotel by myself in a country where people I did not know on a continent uh, where my parents could not reach me. And I was walking those cities late at night, getting food, talking to strangers. And that was just something that grew my confidence in myself. It was my ability to um, understand what it's like to be an outsider. Like you said, like, you know what it's like now to not understand the language. You know what it's like to be somewhere where, like, 
you might not know people. And so now I approach those people differently. Like, I'm like, it's not like, oh, they knew. Like, that, that's different. It's like, hey, how can I help you? Like, how can I be a part of, like, making this process easier for you? Because that's something I wish I had. And that was, I was glad I had when I had it. I also had, um, I had to trust God so much different. Like, when you were by yourself in the town walking at night, like, anything could literally happen. And so I had to be like, yo, it's, it's going to be you because it can't be me. I'm not, like, I like I can trust. I, like, if you ask me, I feel like I can hold my own in a knife fight. Like, I and I have a knife, but, like, I can dodge a little. Compared to a gun, you can't. Yeah, that was really helpful. I was like, okay, the worst they're going to do is, like, chase me with You got to be so close <laughs> to get me with a knife. <laughs> but um, like, so the worst thing I'll do is chase me with the knife. That's all I say. Like throw it at like, me. Something. I'll be okay. But like when you when you was in those situations or when you're dealing with problems and it's just you. Even like my housing in my at Miami was like not working while I was abroad. So I didn't have a house. And I'm over here trying to figure out how to work that. But I had to do it by myself. So I had to trust myself. We've been doing this for over two hours. At this rate, I want to say thank you guys so much for taking your Friday night. To just do this, to just have this conversation. I lost my voice at the Caribbean Street yeah, of various carnivals. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I'll be back with more Gravity Magazine's Defy podcast. Um, but for now, we probably will kiki kiki a little bit, talk about stuff we probably couldn't say on camera. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for joining. We'll see you next time. Bye, y'all. <laughs>